0: If you're a dog owner, safety and welfare for your pet are of the utmost concern, but there are so many so-called experts out there that many of us don't know where to turn to get the expert advice that we need. Welcome to Taming the Wild in Your Dog with noted dog expert and author, Brian Bailey. In this program, we give you the tips you need to connect with your best friend with the most practical advice. Now, here's your host, Brian Bailey. Brian Bailey.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Team the Wild and Your Dog, and we're talking about food. And I guess mm. it's the proper time because it's noon. Yeah. As, yeah, and I'm hungry. And I, I am hungry, too. <laughs> you know, there's an old saying, you are what you eat, and if that is true, there's a whole bunch of mosquitoes named Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I'm telling you, they've been feeding on me, so I hope they get all those essential nutrients that we're talking about this week and everything good <laughs> lord because they've been feeding off of me and hopefully they're feeding well if i'm taking care feeding. of myself they're
2: getting a little dose of an ipa <laughs> i bet
1: <laughs> yeah a little dose of ipa just a few minutes ago some cheeses so, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about carbs and everything yeah. all right guys welcome to the studio got my wife in here with me Kara, and i got joshua huffmaster professional trainer Trained supervisor here at Team of the Wild, and we're going to get into this thing. Uh, apologize for last week. We had a little bit of a sound issue with our interview with Brett Podolsky, who was the uh, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. And we went into that, talked about what a big change it made just by making a simple dietary change. It solved all the problems for our own personal dog. Uh, so again, now I am a believer. And, you know, as a result, seeing what happened to Takani, I've kind of changed some of my own diet as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, life forces you to do that. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. approaching 60 and and all of a sudden I can't eat those extra large pieces anymore. I can't do what I used to be able to do. (laughs) But it's a really incredibly important what you eat. It, It truly is. And you don't really realize that until I guess we were forced to realize that. Yeah. So hopefully this show will help you out because, man, there's a lot of confusion out there when it comes to dog food. I mean, even the picture that we have pulled up here live shows some young man standing there in a pet store. And oh my gosh, it's like a a big grocery store just full of pet food. And how do you pick out... What food is best to feed your dog? How do you meet the demands those, that your dog's body requires? And reading the label does absolutely nothing. I mean,
3: I was just looking at dog food the other day when I was shopping for for my dogs and we have the same food that we go to, but just kind of because of the episode that we've been doing last week and this week, I was kind of looking at the dog food labels and every single one of them, no matter whether it's good nutrients or not, says balance nutrients. All natural, this and that and that for you. Amen. Just so it's, absolutely, it's, no
1: way. To it's tell. difficult. It really is. You almost have to have a degree in label reading, yeah. or you need a new app where you yeah. just put your smartphone up there you and scan
2: it. Yes, yeah, scan yeah. it, and all of a sudden <laughs> it says.
1: Good, bad. Don't you dare buy (laughs) something like that. So, oh, now a bunch of people out there going, "Oh, that's that's a a great idea." idea. We'll do that. Uh, But just to recap from last week, real quick, and then we're going to move on because we're going to try and clear up some of that confusion because it is difficult. It really is, Uh, but yet it's so important. So let's see if we can just get through this thing. Hey, guys, if you're listening out there. Write in a question. send it to Brian with the Y at tamthewild dot com. If you're joining us live, send it to either Joshua or Kira. They'll pick it up, and we'll answer those questions for you. and I don't I do know that some questions came in this week, yeah. and we'll answer those a you little bit later questions. in the show. So yeah, we've got some people writing in here. They're all a little bit confused and see what we can do to clear it up. Okay. Recap from last week. First thing I want to start off with, though, is we did not finish that interview with Brett Podolsky because of the sound quality. We just had some major engineering issues. But in the interview at the end, and I'm not going to play it now, but it was really important because Brett mentioned that if you, Kara, tell us about it. He said if you
2: send him a message, and I think it was to um, thefarmersdog.com backslash Brett, B-R-E-T-T. He said, if you send him a message, he will send you
1: your first box of the farmer's dog free. That is incredibly gracious. Yeah, it is. That's really neat. Uh, It's either a good thing or it's a bad thing. Because a you'll one, be, your dog will be hooked yeah oh yeah be careful well, once you feed that to your dog and now you want to present that dry kibble right. I am warning you so you can say you heard that right here on the show because they will look at you when you go off of that onto that dry kibble and just say I want to be
3: rehomed it, it's <laughs> like it's like the bill jack that we have here at our facility you know we train the dogs on on the, that stuff and then they. They go, they buy it from us and they go home and they go, where else can I get this stuff? You guys are so far away. And I go, uh, we actually drive across state line to go get it. And uh, it's quite a drive. And they go, so you're telling me you got my dog hooked on this stuff and you're the only dealer
1: in town. Yeah, there exactly. you go. That's pretty yes. much, yeah. yes. It is what <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> is, baby. You know where to find it at least. Um, so anyway, guys. Take advantage of that if you wish Mm -hmm. to, if you really think that you're struggling with your dog's uh, gastrointestinal system. You're just not, it's not working for you. Or allergies. Yeah, amen. We'll be talking about that too here in a few minutes. Just go for it. Give it a shot. Thefarmersdog.com backslash Brett, B-R-E-T-T. Okay, last week we established that life at its most fundamental form. You can't argue this. This is not even arguable, so it's not like religion, politics, or anything else. Life is is an exchange of energy for more energy. So now that we know that, how do we get that energy? Well, first of all, we're feeding dogs. So again, you can kind of take this into account. I personally have. I paid a little bit more attention to my own diet just based upon the diet that I'm feeding to my dogs. Uh, We established that dogs are carnivores, carnivores. That's the absolute truth. That's uh, been bolstered by innate behaviors, that they do, take a look at their teeth, take a look at the fact that they have a simple digestive system, not a rumen, not an opal, no plant breakdown factories inside your dog. So therefore, they're carnivores, which means all in just one thing, I need more meat than I need anything else, okay? So we got to have meat. We also establish that your dog needs other things. They need water. And they need water at a ratio of about one ounce per body pound on the average day. Now, that's not taken into account, hey, did I go for a run with you? Is it hot? Mm-hmm. A lot of excessive panting. Uh, it also doesn't take into account how much water is in the food. Mm-hmm. Because your dog's only is only going to get water one of two ways. They're either going to do it through voluntary drinking or they're going to obtain it through their food. So, it's important to kind of get an idea how much water is in your dog's food uh, but they do need an ounce per pound and that was uh, established by Dr. Kelsey and that was a new one for me as well
2: I had never heard of that never and it seemed like so much water
1: yeah when you think that's about it, 70 crazy. pound dog 70 yeah. ounces that's a lot of water um, so we, we got that we have carbs Yes, dogs do need carbs, and we'll talk more about that here in a second. They need protein. That's where that meat is. Also, fat, a lot of fat. Fat is energy, baby. Sometimes we look at diets and we say, we don't want fat in our diet. Well, it all depends on how much energy you need. Fat equals energy. Too much fat equals fat. Fat. (laughs) So, now, now we got a little problem here. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. You need minerals, And you need vitamins. So all of that was established. And then we also learned that a dog's body will extract what it needs for energy first. So regardless of how many minerals, how much fat, how much protein, how much carbs you feed your dog, know this, it will consume and absorb what it needs for energy first. Now, you need to think about that because we talked last week about a dog's organs, their metabolism, they're going to convert it into energy first. And in a few weeks we'll have a few episodes on canine pharmacotherapy, uh, in which we I treat dogs that are suffering from mental disorders. And let me tell you something, have you ever heard the saying, feed your brain? It's yeah. the absolute truth. So when you are feeding your dog a low-value food or a deficient in calories or minerals, Nutrients, you name it. The end result is nothing's feeding the brain because everything else was taken out for the resting metabolic rate, thermogenesis, and so forth as we talked last week. Nothing's feeding the brain, protein for the brain, helping neurotransmitters and so on and so forth. So not only do you have to feed your brain for your brain to remain healthy, uh, your dog's also going to use everything else after energy for those organs. So this is really important that we keep that in our minds. An emaciated dog, it's proven. There's been tons of research done on third world countries in which the majority of the population is starving, malnourished, and they have higher incidences of mental disorders, mm-hmm. uh, suicide rates, so on and so forth. It, it's true, guys. So not only does a skinny dog look like a skinny dog, and, and now as their autoimmune system is compromised, This can actually lead to brain dysfunction. So we kind of talked a little bit about that, and we'll go a little bit more about that today. And we also talked that dogs are quite capable of regulating energy intake to meet their energy expenditure. They're quite capable of doing that. However, if they do not get the nutrients that they need, if their food's not providing it, they won't seek it out. So, it's not like your dog's going to go out there and say, okay, I'm going to go eat this mulch. Maybe this mulch will provide the minerals that I need. They don't seek it out. And so many times, the self-feeding or regulating of their diet is overridden by food that tastes too good and is too caloric dense. And now the next thing you know, I am going to eat more than what I need. For example, you might just want or need one cookie. Yeah.
3: I think that's extremely important to point out because a lot of people will see their dog just eating up this yummy food, yummy, 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 yummy food. And they go, well, my dog's still hungry. So they keep feeding the dog. They keep feeding the dog because the dog wants more and more and more. Well, it must still be hungry. Then you get these
1: obese dogs and then people go well how did this happen amen uh dogs don't have the same satiation sensor that we have a wolf can consume 40 to 50 pounds of meat mm-hmm. uh i owned a veterinary hospital for many years and we would have clients bring in a dog at least one dog per month that the pantry door was left open and the dog consumed the entire 20-25 yeah. oh, yeah. pounds of food uh, so you never gauge a hungry dog by how much to feed yeah. it oh, yeah. was there a question that came in
2: Well, no, it was actually my question. Okay. So if they pull out first what they need for energy, does that mean that the rest is just ending up in your front yard or your backyard, that they don't need that, and you can gauge by how much feces is going into your yard, that you're not eating the right food?
1: To a degree, to a degree, meaning that if they pull out what they need for energy, if it doesn't taste good it doesn't have a high palatability, uh, and if it's not caloric dense, then they are not going to eat so much that they're going to create more waste. Mm-hmm. The more you eat, the more waste you will create. However, if you, for example, as a human, you're working out and you're expending you know, 5,000 calories a day because you're training for like a triathlon, you're swimming, you're running, you're riding a bike, those top end triathletes have been known to consume five to ten thousand calories per day and their bodies will use all of it and when that, again we're talking about food so we got to talk about bowel movements so, <laughs> Sorry uh, I brought that when up. <laughs> this was checked, they had very irregular bowel movements uh, not sometimes go two to three days without having a bowel mm-hmm. movement because their body is absorbing all the nutrients and everything, trying to use everything. So you're right. If they eat more than what they need, if the body doesn't need it, then the body's going to say goodbye to it unless it happens to be carbs or too much fats. Then the body always thinks, again, the body doesn't know that it's going to get fed every single day. Mm. Not your body, not your dog's body. body. Dogs don't know that we're going to be these lifelong benefactors. They don't know that. So therefore, the body will store away for the rainy day, for the hard winter. Those bowel movements were one of the very
3: first things that I noticed when my eyes were opened to the whole nutrients, the importance of nutrients by Dr. Cassatt. If you're listening, Dr. Skata, Dr. Cassatt, I can't thank you enough, but... Um, I noticed I've got them on good food, and my dogs started pooping less, and their poops were a lot more solid, and they didn't actually even stink as bad, which sounds crazy, but it just seemed like a, a healthier poop, less times in a day, and, and less to
1: pick up in the yard.
2: Yeah, we've seen that. We've oh. seen that with our dogs, for Absolutely.
1: sure. Absolutely. When they started eating very, what we consider, very good food, Yeah, far less stools. Yeah. Or less even She's the there. rats, yeah.
2: even the rats, they're still <laughs> so tiny to, to
1: <laughs> begin yeah, And for any <laughs> new listeners, if you happen to be joining us for the very first time ever, those rats would be Morkies, <laughs> little Maltese, Yorkie mixes, not rodents. Oh, good Lord. We go through that all the time. We have a brand new trainer yeah. working for us. And she said, you have rats? I love rats. <laughs> and I had to quickly fix that. But I'm sure it, the bowel moves apply to rats as well. Uh, you know, one thing that I think one of the questions that came this week, uh, remind me, if not Kira, someone was asking about, should I free feed my dog or not? Yes,
2: that was Marilyn. She says, should I allow my dogs to free feed or not?
1: Again, it's a matter of keeping records. Yeah. Observation. Uh, that answer is yes for so many dogs. No. For so many dogs, you have to observe, you have to keep in mind, what do they need at their given age? Are they stressed? Are they under a lot of activity, high activity demands? All of it, it's just kind of like yourself. They they won't regulate themselves again if the food is too good. It's, they're going to eat the entire bag of Oreos, period. Like cat food. They if want the dogs all, all of that. It's it. all gone. You bet, <laughs> and and if you have more than one dog, in many cases, I really don't need it. I just don't want you to have it. Mm-hmm. And now they go and consume their food, and then they go push the other dog, who's a slower feeder, out of the way, and now take their food.
2: Mm-hmm. And we have a, a viewer who wants to know how long should you leave the bowl down for them to eat from, and when do you take it up? And
1: that's from Brian. Right. Well, I'm a huge believer in portion control feeding. I am a huge believer in that and limiting their amount of time. Just the body itself, the body is that of a carnivore, a predator. A predator takes these proteins and fats and turns them into really quick energy, real fast energy. You need that. You've got to be able to go hunt Again, absorb, move, hunt, and eat. That's what life is about when you're a predator. So, therefore, I make them sometimes eat fast, but not at a level that can cause gastrointestinal vulvas or bloat. So, therefore, a couple rules. One, I think food down for about 10 minutes is long enough for any dog to eat it. Mm -hmm. After that, it's time to take it up. If you have a dog who wolfs it down, just gobbles it down, you do need to slow it down because now you're taking on this tremendous amount of air at the same time you're taking into food. And I encourage you to see what this looks like. Just get a balloon, inflate it a little bit, throw about 20 pennies in there, inflate a little bit more, and then start spinning it. And watch what happens as those pennies go back and forth and back and forth. And now we start to get into a twist into bloat. A lot of that is genetic. Is found in deep-chested dogs, large dogs. Uh, raised bull are great. Uh, it keeps the neck from constricting. Look at a giraffe. If they have to spread their legs to bend over to drink any water, otherwise they'll pass out and die. So uh, to answer your question, short, about eight minutes to 10 minutes maximum is what I'm going to recommend. If they haven't eaten it by then, then they don't need it. And they open up a window of, it opens up a window of opportunity of
3: understanding that the food is not just plentiful. It, it, it it simulates that natural lifestyle of, I have this window of opportunity to eat and get the calories in which that I need. And so I'm going to consume it and move on. So if you have a dog that you're going from free feeding to a structured feeding, you may go a couple sessions where the dog nibbles at it and walks away and it comes up in 10 minutes and they go back to eat and they go, Oh, where'd my food go? And then you'll notice maybe the third feeding, they go, I'm going to eat this while I have it. Yep.
2: And if you do need to slow your dog's eating down, there are slow feeder bowls, or you can get big, like river rocks. I mean, really big ones. Mm -hmm. And put in the bowl so that the dog has to work their way around the rocks to eat the kibble. Because we had to do that for one of our dogs one time.
1: Absolutely. He was a master. And one of the best tricks I've ever seen. It was told by a veterinarian friend to slow dogs down that are just that can work their way around a river rock like no tomorrow. That's that. That's not a deterrent. <laughs> that means I'm going to eat this instead in just ten seconds. I'm now going to eat it in eleven seconds. But when you really have a dog that's voracious, that's really digging into that food, the technique or the tool that was told to me that I've seen work incredibly is a muffin tin. And you take this, now, of course, dog steps on muffin tin, food flies everywhere in your house. And yeah, it's going That'll to take them longer. <laughs> that will slow them down. But then you're going to have it underneath the stove, the refrigerator, and everywhere else. Uh, tack it down. Tack it down onto a board. Tack it down on a couple of two-by-fours, whatever, all four corners. And then spread the food evenly through the little tin cups. And I guarantee you that will slow your dog down. So just give that a shot. That's one of the best things I've ever seen. Easy to make not expensive, game over, right then and there. Uh, We're getting ready to take a break here in a second. We're going to take a break because we're going into water, and I need to get some water myself, but real quick about water. So, again, we, we established that we have to have some very essential things for our dogs, water, carbs, protein, fat, minerals, and vitamins. When it comes to water, again, it's one ounce per every pound. So guys, if your dog's not drinking a lot of water, then they're probably getting a lot of water intake from their food, but it's vital. and It is the most important essential nutrient. You can't live more than three days without water. You can go three weeks without food. You've got to have it. 70% of the body weight is what's needed for the water and it's obtained from voluntary drinking or food. Now dry food has about seven to 12% of its total volume in water. Canned or fresh food, 78% of that is water. Now, we know that because when Takani went off all those different kibbles, remember he was drinking and drinking. It looked like a camel. Non-stop. But the second we put him on fresh food, now I started worrying, is he getting enough water? Yeah, he rarely drinks anymore. Yeah, that's because 78% or more of that food is water. That's incredible. It's really neat stuff to, to learn about. So keep an eye on that as well. Uh, watch your water's intake. Uh, it's, it's just vitally important there. You've, you've got to have water. And again, if you are during a hot climate, strenuous exercise, make sure you provide more water. Always keep water available. There is no time period in which I just yank up water. Period. Unless the dog comes in, they're panting really heavily. Again, you got to watch that air. Look how they drink. They lap. So, there's not like they tilt the bowl up and turn their heads back. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive into carbs. Oh, my gosh. They are like the killer of all killers. Everything good has a carb in it.
2: I know. It's Our terrible. Are so, so good.
1: Now, you know me. I'm a meat eater. I love meat. But still… I like the meat sometimes on top of the carbs, mm. like in pizza. Oh, man. <laughs> or
2: kinda, a hamburger. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, a hamburger, Yeah, <laughs> hot dog, all this sort of stuff. It all goes, man. Got to have a carb to go with the meat. Bread is my weakness. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it is for a, a lot of people. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to talk about carbs, and then we're going to move on from there, and we're going to very quickly get into dangerous foods. So we've been talking about what you should feed your dog, but we're going to very quickly jump into what can actually kill your dog. So, guys, want to come back for that. We'll be back in about two minutes. So, sit, stay, and go grab something to eat real quick. We'll be (laughs) right back.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. For the very best in wing and clay shooting talk, join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com You're listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, send an email to Brian at tamingthewild.com Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I certainly hope you grabbed a quick snack. Uh, I got a little drink of water there. I need that more than anything else. And besides that, Kira is hiding the cheeses from me. <laughs> she says, I can't have those on the carbs. Air. You can't have them. Well, maybe yeah. if I lean back far enough away from the mic and Josh was talking, I can get a few of them right there. <laughs> okay, talking about carbs. Kira, did we have a question on carbs about grain?
2: We did. From Lewis Should I worry about the hype of no grain diets?
1: Lewis, brother, there is a lot of hype, and you picked that exactly right, hype. In today's highly competitive dog food market, you have to come up with something to separate you from the rest. I'm here to tell you all day, every day, a dog can eat some grain. As a matter of fact, dogs need about 3 to 4% of their diet needs to be made up of carbs. All the way up to even 7%. Dogs need to have grains. They need to have rice, they need to have some carbohydrates. When a wolf eats an herbivore and ungulate, they are getting some of the nutrients that that herbivore or ungulate extracted in plant matter to give itself its own energy.
2: Isn't there a certain part of the body that the wolves eat first?
1: Typically, in, in, definitely in my own personal observation over the years, uh, doing wolf research and watching them out in the wild, uh, they will go for the rumen area or the offal or the stomach contents first. And, but unfortunately, those don't always get distributed evenly. So, if it's a large kill with a large pack, you have eight members, nine, ten members. There are going to be a few who do not get those contents. They don't. But they will get it in the skin of the large herbivore and the fat areas. Because, again, this stuff is distributed throughout the body. So, they are are able to get enough. Kind of goes back to you are what you eat. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of times, they're, they're scavengers as well. And they'll find a decomposing carcass and when they eat that, they're not going, excuse me, grass, can you get off that piece right there? Can, uh, wait a minute, hold on, excuse me, I need to brush this off. It's got a little grain on it. No, they just dive in. They just go for it. I mean, my gosh, how many dogs eat poop? Give me a break. So, they they really don't care there. So, Lewis, uh, that's not just my opinion. Uh, I I mentioned last week uh, a very well-known uh, scientist and doctor, veterinary doctor, Dr. Wutu Hendricks. I'd uh, love to say his first name. I love that name, Wutu. I should, should have had that name, Wutu. Uh, <laughs> I'm to find more quotes by him. <laughs> so <we can> <laughs> yeah, more quotes from him. But he says, that's why the dog is perfectly capable of eating grain-based diet, as most commercial fed dogs do. The reason being, they still have the same digestive system that a wolf has. They have the same digestive system that you have. And I eat grains and I don't kill over debt. But if I don't have grains, as long as I supply my body with about 3 to 7% carbohydrates, I'm going to do fine. I'm going to be fine. It's just that carbohydrates can turn into glucose. And with dogs, dogs don't need a lot of carbohydrates if they have a diet high in protein and high in fat, which would then be converted to energy or glucose. Uh, one thing that you definitely want to watch out for, is make sure that you don't give a lot of lactose. Uh, That's an area that we have to be careful of. We like to use cheese as a treat. And again, small quantities are fine. Just don't overdo it. Otherwise, you'll find out.
2: Oh, good, because I was giving the rats. Whipped cream. No, it was cool whip the other night, and oh I gosh. really liked it.
1: And I was really angry because that's my cool <laughs> whip. <quip. laughs> uh, but puppies consume lactose as a carbohydrate source. You know, they get it through their mother's milk before weaning. However, after they've been weaned, lactose is negligible in the diet. So we kind of have to keep that in mind. You know, if you feed adult dogs large amounts of milk or other dairy products, it can result in mal- maldigestion. And what that means, in other words, is a really nice word for saying. Diarrhea, Mm, all sorts of issues there. Um, And one thing that we had to keep in mind is that you really want to check your dog food bag and make sure you're not giving your dog too many carbohydrates. Because even though it can be an efficient source of energy, only a limited amount of them can be stored and then used again for energy. Anything in excess of that turns into fat period. And one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is this. They have an older dog or they have a dog that's not very energetic, leads a pretty sedentary life. They will purchase that mature dog food or the fit and trim or the low calories, but then they just feed more of it. Or they feed the same amount that they fed it when it was a young dog. And they wonder, what the heck? I'm giving my dog this diet food but he's blowing up. He looks like a puffer fish two weeks into it. And they're wondering, why does this occur? Again, guys, it's the carbohydrates. They're deadly. They can lead to diabetes. They can lead definitely to obesity, which then leads to the diabetes. Uh, most commercial foods have about the right amount. They, they really do. So you just have to kind of watch. They kind of carry a, a good balance between starches and carbohydrates, it's just that like you said earlier Joshua, we feel that our dog is still hungry Mm. because it looks hungry, it acts hungry and and even our own dogs, they will eat and here they are immediately sniffing the ground wanting to pick this up, eat this, eat that, that's because they don't have that same type of satiation sensor that we have where we go man am I full, they will finally get that, have you ever heard the term meat drunkenness Meaning, nature won't allow the predators, won't allow the lion, won't allow the wolf to overconsume to a point where it becomes deadly. But they're different. They can carry this food, they can make a kill 90 kilometers away, fill their bellies with 40 pounds of meat, and carry that back to an area that is close to the denning site, dig shallow holes, and regurgitate 10 pounds at a time. It's like they can measure it and they'll bury it. (laughs) And that is leftovers to feed all those cubs that they have. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to now go travel another 90 kilometers every single day. Life is an exchange of energy for more energy. And when you expend more than what you bring in, well, you won't be around the planet Earth for very long. It it really won't matter about minerals, vitamins and carbs and proteins. Uh, So, guys, just keep an eye out. For this, your dogs will eat more than what they need. It all depends on how good the darn food tastes. If it tastes great, they're going to just keep eating. So keep an eye on that and watch them regulate that and keep a good eye on it. But for optimal levels of fiber and carbohydrates in your dog's diet, about 3 to 7% is what is reported by most veterinary schools. Uh, kind of keep that in mind. Look for that on the back of that bag. Go hunting for how much carbs are in there. And a lot of people are used to doing that in their own diets. You know, a lot of people who are weight sure. conscious that they're look they're used to looking that. So, guys, you're you're probably already trained on how to avoid having too many carbs, in the diet. Fat, oh boy, gotta have the fat. You have to have the fat. Dogs must have fat. Listen to this. Let me say it one more time. They need fat. <laughs> fat. Uh, it is the number one energy supplier. It comes in the form of lipids and triglycerides. Triglycerides are the body's primary form of stored energy. You must have this. It's major, major ingredient in the dog. If you don't have fat, you're gone. Goodbye. It's history for you. Uh, it's used quite often, to, uh, it usually you'll find it in the skin of the dog in the subcutaneous, uh, what we call subcutaneous fat. It's found around the vital organs of the animal and the membranes around the intestines. It's there, it's sitting there waiting to be used. And especially in times of high energy demand uh, that occurs like during growth, like with our young Siberian Husky, he's growing, he's using so much fat, he needs so much fat. You know, and It's also for older dogs during prolonged periods of physical exercise. And then you brought up just a wonderful point right there as far
3: as how much fat and carbohydrates they bring in. They need to expend that. That's the whole point of bringing it all in is the exercise aspect. So if you have a dog that kind of lays around and just doesn't really do much, you really have to kind of don't just go based off of the bag of, oh, I have this breed. So therefore, I must feed it this much or that much because then that's how you get obese dogs. You Amen. have to expend
1: that. Yes, you've no got different. it again. This is record keeping. Yeah. I tell people,
3: you just can't wing it. I mean, I don't know what vet you guys go to, but every time I take my dogs to the vet, if I have an, uh, you know, a gastrointestinal issue or anything like that, they ask, uh, what is your dog eating and how much does it eat? Yeah. If I don't know that, then I can't answer it, which is not going to help the vet very much. No. Uh,
1: but good news, guys. Most dry dog foods that are on the market today for adult maintenance contain between 5 and 15% fat. And that's fine as long as your dog's getting a moderate amount of exercise. That's not going to be a big deal. They're not going to put on a lot of weight and that. Uh, But in comparison, the fat content of dry foods that are formulated for gestation, meaning you have a mother and she's an expecting mother or for working dogs police service dogs, sport dogs, you hunting dogs, you name it, they're going to have 20% higher. So, guys, if you don't have one of these high-output energy dogs, don't go buying food that on the bag says 20% of what's in this bag is fat because now you've given your dog a little bit of an energy drink, but they mixed it with vanilla ice cream, and they're just going to now store it in fat. So, you got to watch out for that. Well, these keep board, it on the fat. These board and trained
3: dogs that come into our facility, the first thing that we do with their food is increase it by 20% because whether they're a working dog or not, while they're here, they're working. Yes. So, they have to have that caloric intake
1: that's higher than what they
3: would be at home because they're working harder. Yeah. Period.
1: And Dr. Wooten even writes, uh, writes again in, in, the, in the same article that was provided from the, the university in which he teaches. He says, providing more fat than the gastrointestinal tract can effectively digest will Will be absorbed and then cause diarrhea. So, although dogs are capable of digesting and assimilating relatively high amounts of fat, if you provide more than what is necessary, that again is the body saying, I don't want it anymore. And here we go with diarrhea. Uh, But high fat content, And food means high palatability. Look at us. We know that. Oh, man, that pizza was so good. I love those four cheeses on there. I love the ice cream. I love this. I love that. Well, guys, the higher the fat, the better it's going to taste, which means the more your dog's going to eat, which then means we're now into obesity land, we're into diabetes, so on and so forth. Again, record keeping. High energy dog, lots of fat. Low energy dog, low fat. That's a... Wonderful formula. Proteins, real quick. We'll only spend a minute on those. Proteins are really important. Uh, They are there. They provide amino acids. Uh, 22 of them are actually found in protein. The remaining 10 uh, uh, dogs need a a total of uh, the 22 amino acids provided by proteins. 12 of these can be synthesized by the dog and so are not required in the diet. Uh, The remaining 10 are called the essential amino acids and cannot be made by the body at rates sufficient to meet the body's needs. So that means you're going to have to provide them. Uh, proteins are are there for major structural components of the hair, skin, nails, connective tissue, all enzymes and hormone hormones in your dogs are composed of protein. The immune system and the musculoskeletal system all rely on protein for normal functioning. Uh adult dogs have a maintenance requirement. So guys, again, I think someone did someone write in Karen asked, can a dog be a vegan? Vegan. A vegan, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I guess they can be a vegan too. Yeah. What's a vegan? I don't know what that is. So. <laughs> someone who likes bacon a lot, yeah. very much. I <laughs> vegan. Uh, I don't know, or don't have a vague idea of what they're talking yeah. about. Maybe that's me. So, yes, yes, I think it, they
2: did. They want to
1: know. Yeah, guys, you gotta have protein. Sorry. You need to provide protein. So, again, if you're not going to provide a meat source, you need to provide another source. we're going to talk about that in a second here because now you're going to head towards that soy land and everything. And now we're in GMO land, GMOs. Uh, Young dogs have the same maintenance requirement as adult dogs, except they need more. So, in other words, they got to at least have the same maintenance level of proteins, but they need a little bit more because they're growing. And, of course, those hardworking dogs that are are stressed out dogs are going to need more. Protein and fats, baby, protein and fats. For me, that's what I'm looking for in my dog's food because that's really what they need. Um, Digestibility, a lot of proteins. Good proteins have a high digestibility, meaning a lot of your higher quality foods, which sometimes, are I would say probably in most cases, you can tell by the price. You know, you kind of get what you pay for. And you heard Brett talking about that last week, how much these ingredients cost, you know, to be able to provide the high proteins. But high quality foods, about 80 to 90% protein and digestibility in their foods. Uh, Low quality foods, about 70, 75%. So there's a little drop in that. And if if anybody has
3: questions on whether the dog food that they're um, feeding is adequate for their dog, you can go to dogfoodadvisor.com, which is a great, great website as far as it breaks down the proteins, it breaks down the fats and the carbs. It breaks all of that down in every single type of dog food. I've yet to search a dog food and it not have its results. I mean, it breaks it down by a grade and it breaks it in a five-star.
1: Yeah, that's good, good to know. know. <clears throat> no. You know, when protein deficiency occurs with most dogs, because most foods out there are formulated to have a good balanced amount of all these nutrients, all these proteins. There are some that are better, some provide more, some provide less. Again, that's your job to do the research and find that out and what your dog needs. But most times when we have a deficiency in protein, it's because we're trying to economize. We are buying the low-budget food. We're doing that. And as a result, you're – You're at a deficiency in proteins, fats, other essential nutrients. And the consequence for that for many dogs is poor health equals now we have high vet bills. We have a lot of problems with our dogs' lower quality of life. So you need to take all that into account. Look way down the road. Don't look immediately in front of you. I would say never sacrifice on your dog's nutrition and neither your own. I'll I'll drive a cheaper car, eat a bigger steak simple as that you know so think about the same thing with your dog all right GMOs I, don't know, I want to talk about GMOs real quick because everyone freaks out about GMOs so what are GMOs do you, do you don't care what's the GMO
2: genetically modified
1: something or other there you go organism oh. way to go <laughs> so you know most of them are referred to just as GMs generally uh, genetically modified organism. Now, what's, what's the big deal about them? And between 1997 and 1999, genetically modified food ingredients suddenly appeared in two-thirds of all U.S. processed foods. Two-thirds. They suddenly appeared during that time period. And this food alteration was fueled by a single Supreme Court ruling. So the Supreme Court is responsible. It allowed for the first time the patenting of the life forms for commercialization, various life forms. And that means that just opened up the gate. We can now introduce more life forms. In just three years, three years after that Supreme Court ruling, as much as one-fourth of all American agricultural lands or 70 to 80 million acres were quickly, converted to race genetically modified food and crops. And in the race to increase GM crop production versus organics, the former is winning. Now, I think that table is starting to turn. We're starting to see more and more of an a push of less GMOs and more organic foods. Uh, but that's what they are. We opened up the floodgates and allowed people to now genetically modify the food, which gave them an advantage from an economic sense, allow them to produce more uh, under less uh, crowded conditions. I mean, smaller acreage, more food being pushed out. And in other words, they got to go against nature. And it's all about money. And it's they It's never a
2: good idea to go against nature.
1: <laughs> no, it is never. And are they bad? You bet they are. Uh, many effects have been determined from GMOs. A lot of the effects are mostly concentrated around the kidney and liver function. And those are the two major diet detoxification uh, organs. So if you don't have detoxification type organs working well in your body, there's no detox going on. You have to have that. Uh, these substances were have never, never before been an integral part of the human or animal diet, and therefore, their health consequences for those who consume them, especially over long periods of time, they're unknown. We don't know. It wasn't meant to be part of our diet, and this hasn't been out long enough for us to go. Who was this a little bad, <laughs> or was this way bad? Yeah, and not to mention, you know, while ago, Carrier talk about. Allergens. Uh, whenever you start mixing genetically modified foods with other foods, you are now allowed to introduce allergens in the foods that weren't there before. Oh, so that's, that's, that's one of the things that happens. Um, you know, but one thing that we can look for is this. Uh, according to Dr. Michael Fox, who's a big, big time nutritionist, he says pet food manufacturers that have USDA certified organic ingredients and especially those that use no corn, no soy, canola, cotton byproducts, meaning oil or cake, or sugar beet, which could be genetically engineered, or imported rice, which can be contained with GM rice, meaning that's what will happen. You get organic foods mixing with GM foods, and therein lies the problem. But if they have this USDA certified organic ingredients, if they had this, then they could legitimately claim no GMO ingredients in their packaging. So you really want to look for that. Uh, but if without that, you have all sorts of problems. Viruses can mix uh, with genes of other viruses because you're mixing something that was manufactured by man versus manufactured by nature, the two are coming together. And when they do, they bring their own little packages with them. Uh, Using genetic engineering, the allergens from one food can thus be transferred to another. So a food that was thought to be safe to eat, now all of a sudden is not.
2: And we see so many dogs now that have allergies. We have to ask that on our intake form. What allergies does your dog have? And That's just, that's, that's fairly new.
1: Yeah, it is new. There's an increase in, I think, a lot of it. And again, you can't point the finger all the way there. They just haven't been around long enough. But, you know, we always tell people, you, you can always guide yourself by the pit of your stomach. There's something inside you that says, I know this answer. Maybe your brain doesn't know, but I know the answer. And that is a, from a scientific relation, that's what we're starting to do. From that standpoint, we're starting to push in that direction. We know we know something bad just occurred. Mm -hmm. And it's really delightful and refreshing to see people say, I don't want that. I don't want that. And I don't want it for me. And if you're not going to eat it, you shouldn't feed it to your dog. Because, again, they're just like you. Uh, One other area I want to cover real quickly, raw food. Wow, that's a huge topic. How many Mm -hmm. times do you hear people ask, should I feed raw food or should I not? Well, in making that decision, let's just consider a few things. First of all, raw or undercooked meat, eggs and bones, run the risk of containing bacteria such as salmonella and E. coli, which means if you handle it, then you need to handle it thinking that could have E. coli on it. That could have salmonella on it. You have to watch out for human health as well. You have to. It's raw. What piece of meat do you get to handle nowadays that doesn't have a little warning label on it? Please wash your hands. Make sure you do this and that. No, and you, yeah. you have to be very careful of it. So guys, you could be inadvertently feeding your dog the same things that could be harmful to you. So it always has to be taken into consideration.
2: So is it it's bad for the dogs to get those things right? It is I bad mean, for they-
1: them. Yes. They can they can undergo some of the same symptoms that a human being can if they are poisoned by salmonella and E. coli. And then again, they have it, they lick you, they poop, you pick up their feces, and then all of a sudden, you don't wash your hands that well, and bam, you can have it. So, there's just some things that we have to be careful about with raw foods. But as far as being providing the nutrients, it really depends on if you're using commercially prepared raw foods versus just your own home brew. Mm. You know, we've known people to go to the grocery store and just buy a bunch of chicken and feed it to their dogs. Well, that's great as long as the chicken was given all the nutrients that your dog needs. And if it wasn't, well, now then we have a problem. Uh, Raw eggs. When I was a kid growing up, if your dog didn't have a shiny coat, feed it raw eggs. And now I scratch my head and go, huh. So maybe that's why a lot of my dogs had diarrhea. Maybe that's why they had problems. Because raw eggs contain an enzyme called avidin that decreases the absorption of biotin, which is a B vitamin. Mm -hmm. And this can lead to skin and coat problems. So here we were giving our dogs raw eggs to fix their coats Mm -hmm. when we were actually causing damage to their Mm -hmm. coats. And not to mix and feed them too much of that and it upset their their absorption. Uh, Raw bones, of course, you know, choke hazards. Got to watch out for those. There are bones that you should feed your dog or that you can safely feed them, but there are bones that you got to stay away from, rib bones, any kind of bone that can splinter easily. You have to be very careful They can get caught in the uh, uh, digestive tract. I actually also, have a
2: question about that too. So okay, go use. ahead.
1: I'll okay. answer. It.
2: From Morgan, she says, which chew is best? Would it be rawhide, chirpy chews, bully sticks? And should she be concerned if they splinter? And what about if her dog eats the whole thing instead of just chewing on it?
1: Well, again, we saw many cases of this at, a, at the veterinary hospital that I own. The problem with certain uh, ingredients like that, like rawhides, for example, and bully sticks are actually can be made of different ingredients. They can be actually like the intestines of the animal. But rawhides, that leather, they're not going to digest that. That's going to go in as a rawhide, come out as paper mache.
2: Now they have those no-hide cheese. Yes, raw-hide, yes, free. Something like that would be fine.
1: Anything yeah. that is made from the animal part versus like the leather that is processed and, and made uh, is going to do better for your dog. But again, it's all about quantity. If you give your dog a big bully stick, it's not used to having a big bully stick. And I'm saying like these that are about a foot long. Stand by. It doesn't take trouble. a whole lot to mm-hmm. upset the apple cart. Uh, so may. I'm going to go for something small, go for it in moderation. I don't want anything that can't be digested by the dog. And I definitely don't want anything that can splinter off, choke the dog, and hurt him. But not too small. Yeah, not too small. It has to be the right size. Yeah. You know, and the other thing about raw foods as well, calcium. Your dog has to have calcium. Uh, now, again, most commercially prepared raw foods have all the nutrients your dogs need. So, if I'm going to go raw. I'm probably going to go commercially prepared. I don't want to handle it myself. I'm probably going to get the chemistry balance all incorrect. I'm just going to trust and go with the commercially prepared. And one thing I'm, I've seen.
3: I'm sorry. No, go ahead. One thing I've seen uh, wrong with people who try to go raw is they completely underestimate how much their dog should eat. They, they always end up underfeeding their dogs, and then their dog loses weight, and they end up realizing, oh, I, my dog didn't just need one chicken breast. My dog needed two or three chicken breasts at a single feeding,
1: and they, they completely underfeed the dog. Yeah. Not to mention the cost. Right. You yeah. know, I think that's a little uh, area that you could throw out there as well. So, again, guys, if you want to feed raw, make sure your dog has all the other nutrients that it needs. Make sure it has fat. Make sure it has all the other essential nutrients, the amino acids, the carbs, Got to add that in there with it. Again, like with the Connie's food, it's not just turkey. It's got some rice, got a little broccoli in it, a few other things. Carrots, we see yeah. those. <laughs> Let's talk real quickly before we close. We've got about five minutes. We're going to wrap up the show. Let's talk about dangerous foods. Dangerous foods are foods that can really cause a big-time problem for your dog if you if you feed it to them. First one is alcohol. <laughs> God, that's a bummer because <laughs> I'm going, hey, can I get my dog a little bit of beer? Maybe he'll just lay down, take a nap, and be really kind of nice. But no, you can't. So, guys, sorry, you can't. You can have some alcohol yourself, but don't feed it to your dog or don't let your dog lap it up and drink it. Watch out for alcohol. Chocolate, uh, chocolate can be deadly, and chocolate can be a little bit okay, meaning basically, which one is it? Baker's chocolate, the dark chocolate, uh, the semi sweet chocolate is the chocolate your dog needs to stay away from. Mm -hmm. But if it were to eat like one little Hershey's kiss, don't panic. Mm -hmm. Don't panic at all. Oh, my gosh. We had dogs coming that consumed the entire bag of Reese's Cups and the wrappers and all. We had a dog that ate an entire chocolate cake. Yeah, yeah, I was was just getting ready to say chocolate cake
3: over here as well. The dog ate it and we called our vet going, so how much more time does this dog have on the planet? And they're like, the dog will be fine. And they have a little loose stool or
1: something, but it's fine. Yeah, the white chocolate is one of the safest chocolates for dogs to have. Again, small, tiny quantities, just a little bit, but don't freak out. So many people, oh, my God, my dog ate a Hershey Kiss, and they're rushing off to the veterinarian, and they don't realize that the vet is laughing behind the door. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, citrus, don't give your dog an orange. Yep. Don't give your dog really? lemons. Yeah, do not, don't give them citrus. That's not good for them. Coconut oil. Grapes and raisins can cause kidney failure definitely stay away from grapes and raisins. Uh, They can not only choke a small dog like our rats, they can choke them. Stay away from grapes and raisins. Those those are the dogs. Uh, We had, um, again, this was years ago, but we did have several dogs that did pass away. They died from eating grapes and raisins. Wow. Yeah, they're going to almost immediate kidney failure. Macadamia nuts. Okay, I'm not sharing my macadamia nuts with my dog. Can but make sure too yeah, make sure you don't because they can cause weakness, depression, vomiting, tremors, and hyperthermia in dogs. We talked a while ago about milk and diarrhea because of the lactose issues that dogs have. A little bit's okay, a whole lot's bad. So stay away from that as well. Uh, nuts. Nuts, including almonds, pecans, walnuts, all of those contain high amounts of oils and fats. The fats can cause vomiting and diarrhea and potentially pancreatitis in pets. Again, I, I just don't think of feeding those to my dog, but again, we have many dog owners out there, 90 million homes owning dogs. Someone's feeding their dogs, pecans, walnuts, almonds, and so on and so forth. Just don't do it guys. There's plenty of good things for them to eat. Salt and salty snack foods. Large amounts of salts can produce excessive thirst, duh, and urination, duh, and even sodium ion poisoning in pets. So, again, remember what is salt? Sodium chloride, two ingredients by themselves, very harmful, but together are very good. However, again, guys, the theme of the show, I should have titled it, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So, watch out for all this stuff. Use your brain. And then yeast, though. Yeast, dough can rise and cause gas to accumulate in your pet's digestive system. Okay, we don't need any more gas out there. (laughs) No. There's enough canine gas out there. But what it can do is, again, when any time you blow up that stomach, whether it be any type of gas, air, you name it, it can cause a life-threatening emergency. That can cause bloat. Watch out. Yeast will produce ethanol as a byproduct, and a dog ingesting raw bread dough can become drunk as well. Yeah, hmm. uh, watch out for the dough. <laughs> I've heard that onions are bad for dogs. Yes, yep. onions are bad as well. So watch out for those. doesn't just cause bad breath. So those are foods you should watch out for. So guys, as a little bit of a recap from today's show. A lot to think about. Just play it back. But if I have to go back and just name a few things right off the bat, let's just go over the six main uh, in- nutrients and ingredients that your dogs need for the energy. Water, one ounce per pound. Carbs, 3 to 7% of their diet should be carbs. Protein, 18 to 22%. More if it's a working dog. More if it's a dog that is stressed. For example, it has to board or something like that and they're stressed out. Send a little bit more protein with them. Fat, 5 to 15% for a daily maintenance for the average dog. Over 20% for a dog, again, high energy high energy demands, stressed animal. Remember, why is stressed? Increased heart rate. Increased heart rate. So watch out for that. And then make sure it's got a good blend of minerals and vitamins and just, and then watch out for those dangerous foods and look for the hourglass. When you're standing, looking down at your dog and it's standing, you should be able to see an indentation past the ribs and before you get to the hips. It should be a little bit of an hourglass. Mm-hmm. And you should even be able to see the outline of the final ribs, like the, the, the ribs in the back. And if you can't see that, then we're probably getting a little bit too heavy. And that horizontal structure wasn't designed to be heavy like ours. Okay, guys. So that wraps it up about canine nutrition. If you have any questions, send them our way. We'll really observe your dog, watch what they eat. And again, they'll tell you. Too many bowel movements, diarrhea, dog's not energetic, you're feeding it too high of fat and things, you're just going to get into problems. Watch what you feed and take bread up on his offer. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a safe week and watch what you eat as well. See you guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join host Brian Bailey again for another edition of Taming the Wild and Your Dog. Next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your dog's welfare and your life may depend on it.